Producers without a clue. Seriously? That's what they call animation nowadays? How do you even sell a show? What the hell is a production packet? Oh yeah, it's gonna be animated. It's gonna be real cool. Wait, who's animating this thing? You've gotta believe in your own ideas. Everyone is pitching ideas! What do you have to join the Illuminati? We just have to do it our way! Animation has warped my sense of reality. I didn't tell him to draw that! <laughs> oh, it's all about the demographic. Producers Without a Clue, episode eight? Eight. eight. We're at number wow. eight. Wow. Very cool. Coming up on the double digits. We should do I something know. special for the 10th. We should. Yeah. I think that'd be very cool. But anyways, I'm Brian Finley. And my property that I'm working on right now has changed from Mimsy and Dusty to Chicken Mecca Turtle. And you are? I'm Michael Cook. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Valley Studios, and I am the guy in charge of Chucky Chicken and his barnyard friends, which is my property. Whoop, whoop. Raise the roof. Nobody does yes. this anymore. I miss it. Oh, I do. Uh, I get excited. You like know. It just feels right. Yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm 45, so it doesn't look right anymore, and it doesn't sound right. It, you, know? you know, I'm 33. <laughs> it's still it doesn't matter how old you are. It never looked that good. Uh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, how yeah. are you? How are you doing? Let's 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 you know let's change the script a little bit all right how the hell are you how am i well i gotta tell you i am i feel like i am drowning in uh, a list of things that need to be done um you I, too, huh? I, yeah <laughs> i just feel overwhelmed uh not just uh with creative stuff but professionally because you know Aside from helping out on Chucky e. Chicken and the podcasts and that type of thing, I still have to do freelance work to pay the bills, right? And uh, all during COVID, and our levels keep changing every week. We're in yellow, we're in orange, we're in red, we're back to orange, back to red. Forgot about yellow, let's do that one again. Uh, oh, throwing red looks best, let's go there. Like it's just, it's so, but every time they change, they change the rules. So the rules aren't the same as last time. And it, it's just, it's and you know you, you got to keep up with the with the kids and their schoolwork and as best you can and I say as best you can because I find I can't help them with much. They've changed right. everything. Um, you know, I was trying to show my son long division and uh, the way I learned it and uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's completely different. Like it is. Like <laughs> they just, look, they look at you and they say, "What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Why would you do it that way? That's terrible." It's like, "Well, show me how you do it," and then they do it for you, and you're like, "Why am I doing it this way? Yeah. This is way better." <laughs> oh, it's crazy. And then all of my kids are creative. They've all got their own creative endeavors they're working on. Uh, my youngest is always doing comic books and. Nice. other books and my second youngest he's uh 12 he's got his own youtube channel uh and he does a gaming channel with his uh friends uh you haven't plugged the channel why uh i i just want to make sure he's going to be consistent with it so i'm giving it another couple weeks so okay yeah so but he's he's been self-learning editing and 
moving graphics around and all that. My older son, who is turning 16 in a couple of weeks, um, he or 15, I mean, he is. Uh, I take I take back the whistle. I I'm not as impressed anymore. Yeah, that yeah. You, that you didn't know your own kids' age. <laughs> oh my God! Listen, you? you wouldn't believe the panic mode I go into if I happen to be the parent out with them, where I have to fill out paperwork where it says what what year were they born and on what day because uh, my ADHD brain, like I can't remember dates or anything right. with numbers. I and it. I have to like, I've had to make a song in my head to remember for each of their birthdays and stuff, or else I don't stand a chance. So, (laughs) and there have been times when I've had to call my wife in front of like the nurse or whatever, be like, what? And and I don't want to say it because people can hear, right? I'm like, Right. Okay, when was Quinn born? And she and my wife is laughing. She's like, again, I've only done this with you about 30 times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what right. that is. I, but, uh, yeah. It's getting so, old is what it is. Yeah, it must Let's be. be real. Yeah. Well, a spade is spade. Yeah. And my well, daughter, she's, my daughter is turning uh, 19, and she's uh, embarking on uh when she was younger, she did voice acting for Disney for some commercials and stuff. Did she really? Yeah, and not because I worked there. She had to audition and make it through the different rounds and that type of thing. Um, and, wow. and then she she got away from it for a bit, uh, but now she's looking to get back into that. And so she's got half her bedroom set up as a recording studio, and she's practicing wow. And then she has a princess party company on the side, and COVID has just beat the living crap out of that business because oh, yeah. you have to be there in person, right? Right. Um, well, I mean, there's. I'm sure there's a way that you could like use your background, like you could dress up as the character, and like have yeah, your background. Yeah, she does be... that. She does like okay. virtual parties, but it, they're not the same. And uh, no. It's just not as an enjoyable for her, so, no, so I yeah, so I, you know, there, there's just a lot right now. Uh, some of it's good, some of it's bad, but all of it is in the same bowl, and it, you know, things are just overflowing a bit, and it's making my anxiety just everything is like, I, I don't know, just jittery, we'll breathe. jittery, <laughs> we'll breathe, breathe. Yeah. That's all I can tell you right now. Just breathe. Yeah. Um, that's super exciting though. Yeah. I, um, I have to, uh, have to commend your daughter. I think that is fantastic. I do have to ask which princess does she play the most of? Is she more of a bell or is she more of an Ariel? Uh, she does Who's both. She? Um, she does Elsa. She does Anna. Uh, she just got the, the costume for Snow White. Nice. And she tries to do like park accurate costumes. So her costumes all cost like three to four hundred dollars. Yeah. And she pays for it herself. Like she works and stuff. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so when she dresses up, she looks like great. I'll edit in some photos uh, here too. Yeah. I would love to yeah, see. Because yeah. it's a, it's a, well, right now during COVID times, like, she kind of does this cameo thing where people can buy like a a, a five a five minute like either video chat with her or like 
video message type thing as a princess. So that's, that's kind of cool. neat. But she isn't she isn't really like <clears throat> super promoting it right now because COVID has really just sucked all the fun out of it, you know. Well, if she ever wanted to have Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck on her show, let me know and I can make that happen for her. I'll so. let you know for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it's funny that you mentioned that because Barogan and I actually have our own history with uh, pirates and princesses because once upon a time, we used to help out a friend back home with her costume shop. And they had this pirate and princess day at uh, the local baseball, like the mine. You know how like there's the major league and then the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like all the hoopla of the major leagues, but not the pricing, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and then it helps like local. So ours were the Kane County Cougars. And one summer we did um, a couple of, of actual like at, events at the, at the ballpark. And one of them was a pirate and princess. And it was um, the most fun I ever had. Me and him were Captain Hook and Mr. Smee. Oh, that's cool. And there's pictures of it. <laughs> you got to give there's them pictures. to me because I got to edit will, them into yes, this. <laughs> yes. It's, it was the most fun that we ever had. We heckled the crap out of the princesses. We had so much fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just was one of those things. It's funny. My mom just texted me. Do you have a lot of snow? Better turn this off. I'm just going to message Hi, her real quick. Yes. Hello, mom. So she will be watching this and going, oh, my God, I was on the show. Did she comment I, on your sheep bar? No, she did not. Oh. So she did not yet. <laughs> uh, hang on. I got to let her know. It's yeah. coming. Um, but. Roads aren't terrible yet. Recording a podcast. Talk later. BT dubs. This will be on the episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. You can you can hear people just turning it off right now. Oh. <laughs> Done. All right. Let let's uh, get into things. Animation current events. Um, uh, anything yes. you want to talk about? Uh, do you got anything first? I do. I do. I go for it. I am interested in this, uh, uh, Wallace and Gromit, uh, augmented reality thing they're doing now. Um, uh, from my understanding of what I read in the article, it, it's, it came about because of COVID uh, basically, a film that was to incorporate live action with Wallace and Gromit can't do it. COVID shutting everything down, right? So they pivoted and turned it into this app. Um, the I think it's called the Big Fix Up or the Big Fix or something like that. And it, it uh, from from what I saw in the demos, basically you use your phone, right, and you move around things and. It augments reality. It will identify a plane or an item or something, and some sort of story component of Wallace and Gromit will pop up or like a mini game or something. That's super cool. Yeah. So it it's sort of – I found it interesting because a couple days ago, actually just yesterday, um, I was interviewing um, my former animation instructor, Brian LeMay, 
he worked mm-hmm. on Inspector Gadget and Rock and Roll. Wait, Brian LeMay? Yeah. Like the guy who wrote the book, yes. Brian LeMay? Yes, that guy. I love Brian LeMay. Yo, he'll, he'll be happy to hear that. He'll be happy to hear that. Um, I need to get in contact with him. I have many questions. I actually have a, a few of his books. I have his uh, his lip sync yeah. book. That's a thick ass book too. That's like a court. He That's is so is. good at breaking things down into little manageable step by step pieces. Uh, that that's what made him such one of the things that made him such a great instructor when um, when I was at Sheridan. Um, so yeah, we ended up doing a three and a three hour, 40 minute podcast. So yeah, that's, that's on, uh, one of the drawn to a podcast coming up, but we were talking about technology and how technology is impacting animation and where is it going to go? Because I'm sure by now, most people have seen the video of, uh, Glenn Keane wearing the virtual headset, drawing oh, Ariel yeah. in 3D, right? And moving all yeah. around the drawing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, the thing is, you can now, it might be the same program, but you can like sculpt in 3D a character in, with a VR headset and yeah. uh, a production ready uh, sculpt, or at least a sculpt that you could take into a another piece of software to do. Uh, to do the retopology of it and stuff. Wow. Um, so I mean, we're that that's just like a hair's breadth away from holographic interactivity, right? Like we're if if I was to imagine I'm I'm remembering back when I got my Nintendo Entertainment System, which was my upgrade from my Atari twenty six hundred, okay? Yeah. So I remember playing Mario on a little 13-inch black and white TV, okay? And I'm playing black Mario. Black and white? I only had a black and white. I was, listen, I grew, oh, up, I grew up in Trailer Park, sucks. brother. I grew up in Trailer Park. I, I was happy oh. with what I had. Okay. Um, so oh, I can't give you credit. So I'm playing it. I eventually got a color TV uh, the following Christmas. But, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, but I'm, I'm playing it. And I remember thinking at the time, I think it was right when Star Trek Next Generation came out too. Like the two were not too far off from each other and they had the hollow deck and that type of thing, right? And I remember saying to my friends, like, yeah, could you imagine playing a Nintendo game in a hollow deck? Right? Like it just Getting that that now Star Trek has gone too far. It's one thing to talk talk about things uh that might be, but I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. I don't well, think for it's us, it was, you know, for us, it was like, man, can you, can you, you know, uh, can you believe the day when you can actually take like these high quality games, like the AAA games and bring them with you anywhere yeah. you go, like 3D games. Now we have the Switch. Yeah. You know, we had PlayStation Vita, the PlayStation Portable. Yeah. I mean, it just, and then like when I saw the Switch, uh, the, I, I'll never forget it. It was October of 2016. I will never forget when I saw that commercial for the Nintendo Switch when they announced it. And I just was blown away yeah. by it. Because that's that's a dream. Like being able to take your game with you, like you don't ever have to turn it off. Like you literally can um take it with you, play with it, turn yeah. it off, you know, put it back in the dock. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. And that just like that was a game changer. That got me playing games again. Yeah. For, honestly. But, you know, but I, now I, yeah. 
how people are playing games is so is so advanced that people don't know how to process the experience, okay? So you can go on YouTube and watch compilation videos of people within our age bracket doing the VR thing and they're running into the TV set or, yeah. you know, they're screaming or whatever, right? Yeah. They, they don't know how to process the ex experience, right? Right. Um, and I think that we are, and, and right now there are phones or tablets you can buy that have uh, light projection imagery. So when you hold them, you know, in some shows, they hold these little crystal phone-shaped things, and it shoots yeah. out a hologram. Well, they have yeah. that. They have that I now. Have, it, I have with, seen that. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm just thinking, like, how, how many years before all you have is, like, a little glow pen thing, and you're sculpting that way for your 3D model, right? Like, that, like Tony Stark, right? I mean that'd be easier for folks like me, yeah, who don't do who don't really know how to, um, you know, use. Uh, I know how to model in three D, but it's just a hassle. You were just glitching out like crazy on my screen, by the way. I don't know if it's glitching out on you or not. But... No, you're coming in good. Okay, yeah. Then it's just my, my okay thing. now. Uh, Are you doing the app yeah. or through the browser? I'm I'm on the app here. Oh, now you're better. Okay, okay. there we go. Cool. I was, it was like weird. Like you're just like, you look like um like a Nintendo character, just a blocky <laughs> pixelated. <laughs> just <different> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, it's fun. You're. It's funny you mention that because I recently started dabbling in VR chat. Mm -hmm. Um, my good friend Peter Casey, who goes by Pikapedi on uh, YouTube, amazing animator by the way. Um, he. Uh, invited me to be a part of his VR chat group, which was just like he is. I think we've talked about this before, but he literally created his own character for VR chat. And the way that it works is um, using, you know, uh, a VR headset or if you're on a computer, your microphone, um, your character comes to life. Like, it, you know, the, the mouth moves up and down and the eyes blink. And if you're on the VR, so the, it moves. The, the mouth you. moves according to uh, vocal interpretation yep. or is it reading your face muscle? Uh, just vocal interpretation. Okay. But he actually made it so it actually goes, I believe, by uh, vowels and by like mouth shapes. Oh wow! So he he created his this little. He, he's apparently the king of the Shebas. Mm -hmm. So he made this Sheba character. Um, it's a golden Sheba with a purple collar. And okay, wait a minute. Blue. Wait a minute. What's a Sheba? It's like a dog. A it's like the bubble butt dog. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't want to pretend I knew what you were talking about. I had to ask. So. It's all good. Okay. Now you have now our listeners are going, oh my God, are they just going to talk about Chivas? Anyway, yeah. he literally becomes a living cartoon whenever he goes on VR chat. It is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. He brought me on. We went to Toontown uh, in VR chat. So we got to walk through Toontown, which to me was just like the coolest thing ever. It was literally like really Mickey's cool. Toontown. Well, he took me this Disney store that is only in Japan, like mm -hmm. this online. He he works at a um, 
oh my god, like VRX, I think it's called. It's like this virtual reality company right. that does stuff for Verizon Wireless for their AR and you know their augmented yeah. reality. Yeah. So this is right up his alley. Like yeah. he yeah. he loves this kind of technology because for him, he literally can put on a, a cartoon suit, become this cartoon dog. Everybody flocks to him when he goes on VR chat. So I'm like, oh, I'm with the pseudo. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of cool. Well, know? I wonder I wonder how soon it will be. Remember PlayStation and Xbox had these like sensors, right? You, yeah. You would put around Connect. and they would read your body movement. I don't know. Yep. Connect, right. I don't, I don't know if they still utilize those, but. Uh, not, not as much. Yeah, but I, I mean, how far away are we from you? You stand in front of your display, and your Xbox does a scans you. There's your avatar right there, just built, because they do have three D scanners that some of them are handheld, like a like a airport wand detector size. Oh yeah, and people will just go up and down. Uh, archaeologists use them out in the field to scan findings and you know it's a good way of preserving oh, yeah. data without damaging it so that well, technology like, yeah. you just stay, have walk up yeah uh, i have that technology to do uh virtual tours of different uh buildings and stuff i did that for a whole year with my uh my dad it's pretty accurate right yeah, yeah. It's and it creates a 3d mesh of the room so right. you're literally there i'll you know i'll send you a link to it so you can maybe check it out for yourself so it's super cool like we're, we're almost there i i would probably imagine within at least the next 10 years yeah. we're probably going to get to that point or maybe we won't you never know i mean maybe we'll have a whole bunch of uh of uh luddites or who who is the guy who um yeah you, you, you ever uh hear that story about uh lud the Luddites, he um, uh, he was a loomer, and uh, he was fired from his job because um, the automatic loomer replaced him. So in the middle of the night, he went in and he destroyed the automatic loomer. Like they oh. hate progress. Yeah. No, I think people are too gadget addicted. They want that that newest next now they thing. Are. Yeah. 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 Now they are. But I mean, if you, if you think about it, I mean, how many people out there are. And, and I'm guilty of this myself, like how many people are so worried about technology getting too good or mm. it getting to a point where we are Wally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, I where, know. It, that's where we're headed towards. Well, I'm, so, and that's scary. When I was talking with uh, Brian, Brian LeMay, we were talking about the technology because it came up like how he has seen technology affect animation during his career, right? And right. when he started, everything was still very analog. We were doing things on paper. The biggest advancement was uh, Xeroxing cells. Um, maybe the odd studio here and there had a big, massive scanner that were, you know, able to scan drawings. It wasn't until like '92 when mm -hmm. um, Photoshop finally, uh, you know, got '92 to '94 because the first. Versions of Photoshop didn't have like flood fill and like real basic stuff, right? So right. all of these little steps and along the way, everybody, oh, that's, you know, kind of cool, but, you know, it's not the same. But now we're going from that's kind of cool to holy freaking crap. You know, that's right out of Star Wars or 
right. Star Trek or something. So I mean, even the way we're talking now and the you know this communication is yeah. straight off the Jetsons. Yeah, you know, like they had, you know, they had video phones, they had video technology. We have it. We're here. Yeah, we're we're in the '60s all over again. So <laughs> I, I bet you, I bet you, it's not too long before students are at art school and working in clay to sculpt is like a novelty part of the course. Most of their right. sculpting will be holographic uh, lens projection, like in Iron Man when he puts his arm inside the gauntlet yeah. and stuff. You know, I, I really think we're we're probably already there in top secret military stuff, if you want to get all conspiracy theory. But, um, but well, let me ask what, you what will a film look like 10 years from now? What will the film watching experience be? Will it still be on a screen? I don't think so. I think people are already doing 360 movies. Yeah. I mean, there there is IMAX, there is, you know, yeah. Circle Vision, you know. Um, well, that, that leads a very interesting point because <coughs> there's always been this debate for years and years ever since the computer, ever since Wacom tablets became a thing. You know, when do we start getting rid of these? You know, yeah. when do these all of a sudden become... You know, I mean, we have the iPad, we have, but here's here's my thought on it, and uh, it may be a, a, a brain teaser. It may be a you know, I, I it keeps me up at night at least. Uh, <laughs> um, technology always evolves; it always changes. That is that can be a really good thing, but can also be a very very bad thing. For example. If you created something magnificent on an older version of a program that you no longer have access to on the latest operating system, that piece is garbage. You can't yeah. access it. It's gone. You know, unless you go onto that older system, you put it onto a flash drive, you put it on. I mean, I think about it today. You know, I grew up with the CD generation. I mean, I was burn it onto a DVD, burn it onto a CD, you know, put play it in your Oh, you your never car. knew the pain of having 45 floppies. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. And putting I them in. 5.5? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. The computers in our school, yeah. like when I was four or five, I I, I was rocking Apple IIs. Oh, okay. Green screens, cool, man. 100%. Cool. Yeah, don't worry. I know. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but <laughs> that's all they could afford. Remember when ZipDisk became the thing? They were the flash drive for about six years solid. Oh, yeah. And I, I oh, yeah. felt so proud as a freelancer to have my <laughs> own zip drive with a, a stack of zip disks. You know, yeah. and and I felt like I, I was the shizzle. <laughs> when I, well, I'll tell you this: when I got my very first five gigabyte flash drive, I was like golden. Yeah. I was like, this is this is awesome. Like I am now part of the twenty first century. Yeah, and it was it was like, but it, now that's like you can buy them for a buck, and like five gigs of space is nothing today. You need a terabyte. You need like a, a you know one of the stacks, yeah. you know, like, and even those are outdated. You can fit it on to like a little block and like wh how, how much is enough Yeah. nowadays <clears throat> with space? Like, I bet you can buy like five terabytes of, of storage for 50 bucks. Well, the, or now there's the cloud, you know, yeah. there's the Google cloud, you know, I, it, I it's know. rendering all this, it's rendering everything obsolete. Yeah. 
But if you got a sketchbook and you got, you know, some pretty awesome drawings, you know. Hey oh, oh, they're all blurry. Oh, are they? Hold on. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there okay. we go. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you, oh, and now they're dead. They were nice. Uh, <laughs> they were nice. <laughs> you know, and the, they were nice. Yeah. They're not nice anymore. Um, we'll just put that back. But if you think about it, I have the best storage system in the world, and that's my filing cabinet. And I have the master copy of everything from the olden days. I have every frame of animation that I drew in college, every piece of concept art. I have it all, and, and some of it is scanned, some of it is not. Um, and I know that even that can be has, you know, hazardous. I found the first – this made me cry – uh, last year, um, actually, it was either this, yeah, around this time last year, um, there was a, uh, uh, my, my older apartment, apparently there was a, a leak mm -hmm. or like a flood, like a little flood uh -oh. or something, left the window open. It was raining and like water puddled and there were some drawings on the floor and I didn't notice it. So I picked them up and it was the very first uh, Chucky Chicken cast lineup that I had done mm -hmm. on paper, and unfortunately, poor Freddie Fox didn't make it alive. There's now just a huge ink blot <laughs> where Freddie used to be, yeah. and it was so sad. I was like, "Oh my God, I had this." Thank God I scanned it in. I still have it. Mm -hmm. You know, I can print it out. But that original one is, you know, for all intents and purposes, destroyed. Um, but I still have it, and I still keep it. Everything I have is in a filing cabinet because if I ever want to bring that with me and I want to have it with me uh, in the future, I got to scan it into the computer somehow. Yeah. You know, when do scanners become obsolete? When does, and I mean, I don't think it will. Well, you know, I, they're not, or maybe they're, they're not obsolete, but I do find they are, they're not marketed like they used to be. You know, right. and like there was a time in my uh, career when, you know, my favorite thing was morning coffee with the new Staples flyer, Radio Shack, any electronic selling store out there. Best oh, Circuit City was my jam. Yeah. And <laughs> I would I would be looking at document fed scanners because I was still doing everything on paper. Right. So. And, you know, uh, large format scanners, giant, massive things that would scan 11 by 17. Um, and they were like, you know, probably five, six hundred bucks back then, if not more. Right. So not like 50. Yeah. I, I mean, now I could probably afford a large uh, format scanner, but I have no need for it because I draw everything digital now. Well, here's the here's the question. Yeah. You know, um, as a relates to animation and to the industry you know um actors they always say that actor an actor is never worth his salt unless he's performed on stage mm. you know um you you work your way up through the ranks you start on the stage then you go uh into shorts or you know web series i guess and then you do tv and then you make it to film mm -hmm. you know that is if you think about it kind of the hierarchy of the acting world now, obviously, working on stage, you know, you make it onto off Broadway and then Broadway. I mean, that that's a you know a whole different 
genre on its own. There's different methods of acting. There's different, you know, types of acting. There's different venues to do it in. For animation, you know, yes, technology has allowed us to do drawing directly into the computer or directly onto an iPad, but I still... Is it still important for folks to learn how to draw on paper? Well, is it still on paper? I don't think so. On paper, important for folks to to know how to draw. Yes, mm-hmm. on paper, I don't think it matters. Um, but I'll tell you one thing: there are jobs that I've taken on, and and then I've backed away from them because of the technology. Um, part of it. And I'm, I'm fairly techie, you know, but what I don't like is when the technology is controlling my creative process to such Mm -hmm. a degree that it's not fun anymore. And then I'm out, I'm out. And a lot of, uh, Toon Boom productions are like that, where you have to like, they've, they've got, you know, it's, Rigs and, Rigs and, and all that kind of stuff. Know, yeah. I hate that. Charts and yeah. Uh, charts, I I don't mind. I'm used to timing charts and exposure sheets. That stuff's oh, all fine. N- not charts. What am I thinking? Like uh, rigs and like uh, anchors and splines. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. That other stuff. Yeah. If I yeah. I love animating in 3D, but if I'm going to animate in 3D, I'm animating in 3D. This 2.5D where. The first four frames, we're going to draw those and they're going to have to be retraced and cleaned and then flood filled. But the second the second part, the eight frames afterwards, we're just going to do a, a, a tween of the art asset because it's anchor point is it's just I, it, it just becomes not fun. Right. Mm-hmm. In any way. And so when the technology too- becomes like a a creative uh, barrier sometimes, not because it's hard to use, but because it's tedious to use. And I've talked with other uh, animators who feel that way and they hack it somehow. They, they just, they just don't bother with a whole bunch of mandated processes. They'll be like, no, I'm not doing it that way. And somehow they don't get fired. I don't know how. Uh, well, I Pete, I would get fired, <laughs> but they're just like, nope. Well, <laughs> well, it's funny because Pete Casey, you know, he, when I met the man, he was using the three-year-old version of 3D Studio Max and all the programs in 2007. Mm. So like from 2004, 2005, that was what he was using. He's still using it today in 2021. Yeah. So I think what it is, it's like, it has become so necessary for an artist to become a technician and a programmer and to understand how to operate a program that hinders you from doing the art. But if you can find a program that is easy to use, you can make anything. I mean, I'm still trying to learn TV paint. I haven't touched it in in a while. I mean, I know Photoshop pretty, I'm still learning stuff in Photoshop. Well, apparently, um, Photoshop now has an animate uh, ability within it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian LeMay was saying that he does a lot of his digital animation in Photoshop. And I was like, what? Yeah. 
there's a timeline function that you can use and you can act, and that's how I fun fact that's how I animated the first six Chuck E. Chicken shorts. Oh, it's okay. all in Photoshop. See, I yeah. I didn't even know that. I mean I I had no idea. I remember in the early days, I remember animating GIFs in Photoshop, but mm-hmm. it was a complicated process of layer structure. There was no timeline. Mm-hmm. And we right. we had like a uh, recorded action that would go through and export the layers and then recombine them somehow. And like, it was a real right. ordeal, but now you're saying there's a timeline and stuff. That, it's still an ordeal. Yeah. I mean, you, you legit have to like put in how many frames you want it in the, you know, for example, uh, I remember clicking one of the drawings and saying, okay, I want this held for two frames. And then you just repeat that. And then, I would go back and I play it and I go, ah, that's too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to slow it down. So adjusted, you know, how long it's on screen. Yeah. And like it can be for, you know, 0.5 seconds, 0.3 seconds, 0.01 seconds, 0.2 seconds. There's a lot of math involved. Oh. I suck at math. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's like, yeah, I, n- it was I need hassle. imagery. I just want to click and yeah. shrink stuff. You know, that's one right. frame, that's seven frames. Uh, right. right there. That's what so, I want. Right. Yeah. So when we got back into Toon Boom, for me, for the first time in maybe 15 years, getting back into Toon mm-hmm. Boom, it was a godsend because I'm like, okay, cool. Now I can like see the timeline and I can scrub the timeline and I can, you know, do that. You can't do that in, uh, you can't really do that in Photoshop. Mm. So it, there's a lot of give and take with it. Now, if there is a way to do it in Photoshop and I've just been a dummy and not figured it out, you can show me and that'd be kind of fun. But I, I like Toon Boom. I, I, I have a feeling I will love TV Paint when I learn how to, you know, use the timeline and put a frame in and the layering and yeah. all that stuff. I really am interested to learn TV Paint because that's, I guess, the best. 2D well, animation the, program. the best uh, traditional program. Um, it doesn't do the rig thing. It's very I, much. That's what I want. Yeah, you're drawing every frame, every in between. Yeah, and it's very much made for for uh, traditional artists, which I am. Yeah, I'm a traditional. Yeah, animator but what what you what, said what, that that was a very deep comment. Artists are now required to be technicians, and. Um, you know, maybe that's always been true, but I think it's always been the artist has always like it's been like eighty percent art, twenty percent tech in in terms now of the ratio. 50-50. I feel like yeah. it's it's flipped, right? Right. And like uh, if you don't know how to operate a program, you're you're you know, prepare your sheep noise. You're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like it, great, it, thanks that is for what that. Let me indicate a cut I thing. I warned you. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> I said, get your sheep noise ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, it's it's so true, and it's. I mean, I remember when I first started learning to and boom, I was a little um, uh, overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Because I grew up in the '90s thinking, oh, I can just draw, and then I can pass my drawings off to an ink and painter, they're going to take it and they're going to make their magic with it. And then somebody's going to sit in a tower and that'll be their job to click and do the whole thing. They got rid of all that when I got into college. I'm like, where's the big tower? Where's, you know, the, where's the paint girls? It's like, Oh, now (laughs) a lot of the um, animation programs out there, 
And David Proxma, who was a, a guest on my other podcast, Drawn to It podcast, he was talking about how a lot of animation programs that claim to be 2D programs, they don't spend a lot of time on how to draw. Like there's everything's about what the program can do, right? The right. software. And right. uh, so then you end up with all these graduates who they they don't have the drawing skills when they're coming out of it. And, you know, they they don't know how to read a timing chart or, or you know, uh, follow along an X, X sheet. Um, be, but they sure can rig a character super good. So there is a trade-off. And, but my point is that well-designed character that you're learning how to rig had to be drawn at some point, right? Right. So somewhere in the process, there's a need to know how to draw. I just feel like that role keeps getting bumped back, you know, never deleted, but just sort of bumped back a bit. And I think with, you know, and we're also in the reboot generation. I mean, everything from, you know, the the existence of film yeah. is getting. I, I'm I'm surprised there's not a Gertie the Dinosaur reboot. I'm sure it's coming. You know, Gertie versus Godzilla. Gertie turns into Just, a Mac and friggin' 500 <laughs> missiles shoot out of the shoulders. You know, and it, 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 all that happens, and then all of a sudden you just see her do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and the cartoon Windsor McKay comes on screen, but he's in like a Voltron outfit, and it's this up angle, and he's all like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's like, Gertie, be a good girl, yeah. do your little dance." Yeah, but you're right. I'm I'm surprised it. we haven't seen a Gertie reboot. I want to see that one now. Gertie versus Godzilla. That would be amazing. We have to do that. Yeah, now, you know? I mean, we we've had Ger uh, Godzilla versus Bambi, and we all know we how that went. Uh, poor Godzilla. Yeah, I think I mean, Gertie versus Godzilla. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but O G O G versus G G. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just uh, I I kind of went down the rabbit hole of uh, technology. Um, uh, Good Robin Hood, because you know we we need to address that yeah. for anybody. You know, I guess part of our clue that we can give this week is you know, don't be so reliant on technology. Read the animator survival kit. Read the cartoon character crash course. Read the books by Brian LeMay. Plugging the podcast. Uh, watch his <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah. You know, watch a documentary on how these cartoons were made yeah. and get get into it. Do not expect a piece of software to because if you do that, you are proving the old animators from Disney right because they called it yeah. back when you know, back when computers were coming into the animation building, none of them touched it. They said, I want nothing to do with it. That thing is going to replace me. I don't want anything to do with it. Keep it out of my office. Yeah. And, you know, it took them saying, no, 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 it's not a replacement. It is a tool. It will help you get better. But still, there is nothing more satisfying than the flipping of the pages and seeing your work come to life. 
there is nothing more fantastic than taking the camera and going, you know, yeah. the whole thing. And even like, get it. I wish I had my little film reel. I would have it. There's nothing more better than seeing a piece of film with your work on it. You know what? Doesn't I just had a crazy idea. It's probably a stupid idea, but let's imagine COVID stuff. Eventually things uh, go back to normal. How cool yeah. would it be if, uh, if I came down for a couple of weeks, right? And you and me do a, a traditional, like, 30-second uh, production, and we document it. I am right? down for on, that. on video. So all on yeah. paper, we're flipping. And it probably won't go well, because I haven't used these skills since 2012. You know, I, the last time I animated yeah. on paper was... Uh, that that wand ID I did for Disney, they let me do it on paper. Uh, oh, with the with just with the, the roughs, and then it was all cleaned yeah. up and painted uh, digitally. Which I love that. I I love that so. And honestly, I would love that because yeah. I want to learn how to make my traditional animation skills like top notch. Um, I'm getting there. Yeah. You know, there I still need a lot of work. I do rely on an in betweener. You know, to to help with with that stuff and i don't want to just i don't want to stop drawing mm. like that's like my big fear is you know even when becoming a producer of chucky e. chicken and having people come into the the pro the project you know aaron told me a long time ago there is a day you're going to hang up your pencil mm -hmm. and you're going to have to focus solely on the production i'm like i don't want to do that well <laughs> it happens so i mean look at uh uh family guy creator what's his face uh, yes i mean he was an animator i think he went to sheridan actually i think no Rizzi. what to Riz okay but he's he's canadian though isn't he no he went to rhode island school of design did he okay i'm um, thinking about someone else then but my my <laughs> point is like he he started the initial designs just like you're doing uh, started uh, working with more and more people slowly over time, but eventually he became producer guy, right? And um, his drawing for a living has that switch has been turned off, and now he produces and directs uh, for a living, which is cool, um, right? But you know, some people aren't willing to make that that jump, that leap. yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'm I'm learning my strength is I love directing and I love um, I love seeing stuff come to life. Yeah. You know, I love being a part of the whole process. I do love being a producer because I get to have my hand in everything. I get to, you know, handpick the, the cast. I get to help write the shorts. I get to help with the animation, the storyboarding, the backgrounds, the music, the sounds, the editing all of that stuff and then at the end of the day i'm the last person you see on the on the credits yeah. because the producer doesn't put his name first he goes last and i mean i that's the coolest thing for me to see my name on the end of a cartoon knowing yeah i was responsible for what you just saw yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty cool well i mean you bring up a point there are other people who are trying to like i'm one of these people i'm trying to transition from drawing for a living to producing and directing for a living. And, yeah. you know, there are people that want to make that switch. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's a, I don't know. It's, uh, 
It's crazy. But the more technology gets in the way of that creative process, uh, the more I'm just like willing to throw my pencil down and be like, okay, I'm out. You know, uh, here's my, here's my other, I'm going to stand on my soapbox here yeah. because I think it's important. Buckle um, up people. Here we buckle go. Up. You're going to, you're going to get hit with some truth. Here songs we here. go. Check this out. Here we go. I love kids yeah. because kids and people who are green in the industry, they just do it. You know, if you see a group of kids and you say, oh my God, I want to make a movie. What do they do? Dad, can we borrow your camera? Yeah. You know, let's go to the toy chest and pick out some old costumes or let's get a couple of puppets and, you know, let's get some building blocks or let's get like a, you know, go outside and get some toys and just film a movie, you know, and then we'll act it out on the fly. Yeah. You know, I did that. You know, I made home movies when I was a kid. Um, you just do it, you know, and that's the thing. Like if kids can do it and they can get their work out there, I mean, and they can today. I could, yeah. you know, 25 years ago, I couldn't do that. There was no YouTube. There was none of the stuff that we have today. You know, if I was 16 today, I would be on YouTube making videos every single day. Yeah. I would, you know, I'm 33, 32. I'm, I will be 33. Yeah. Um, I, I'm getting older, you know, but at the same token, I'm around that age where the golden generation, the Renaissance animators were at that age, my age when they were making these hit movies, you know, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. And I don't think that it's really, if kids can do it and kids can make movies and kids can do that stuff, when you get older, you should still have that creative thinking of thinking outside the box. Like, okay, what I don't know how to use this program what do I know? Mm -hmm. What can I use? If you have a camera and you know how to, you know, you know how many pictures it's going to take, as long as you know that it takes 24 frames for one second of film and you know how to draw, you know how to time it, you know how to, you know, all the basics of animation mm -hmm. that we are taught, you can make an animated film. It doesn't even need to be uh, on paper. Gumby with claymation, you know. Yeah. You can use toy models. You can use puppets. You can do anything with animation. I, I that's the beauty of. It. I thought um, I had my uh, old assignment on uh, uh, film from college because we oh, shot on film it. our pencil test. I was gonna. Yeah. But I would love to see that. I was oh mistaken. <laughs> I, I, I love how you, I love how you do that. You're just like I was mistaken. I was mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> but but you are right, and I gotta tell you, there are so many times where, um, when I was animating on paper, what I used to MacGyver a pencil test system was just crazy. And then when mm -hmm. webcams became a thing, I was like, oh yay, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't have to use a. a closed circuit security camera now or you know right. a, a frame uh push the button on the camera very lightly yeah. trying not to get camera shake so right. you know um and people that were doing it back in the 60s they were using bolex cameras and like maybe super eight eventually you know but they they required like 
additional uh, equipment. So they, they would do like one frame, right? And uh, otherwise, they would hit, you know, try to do one. Yeah. But but you push it, you go, oh, you, you just shot something on yeah. sixes, you know? <laughs> and then they'd play it back and everything would look crappy because they had no way of controlling the... Right. the capture right so it is like true yeah it is true yeah like we like we talk about like oh how cool would it be to make a cartoon the old-fashioned way and then we actually do it and go this sucks <laughs> you know you're not wrong you're not wrong there there are reasons why so much technology <laughs> has occurred in filmmaking right to try to make things yeah. easier and better my and so I funny. I love it all like I really do I I love knowing how to use different programs, and mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty good at picking them up fast. But what I don't love is when they are so so bulky in the production pipeline and the procedures are mandated to such a degree that it eliminates the fun of it. Mm -hmm. That's where I have a problem, you know. Right. It's it, and I think. You know, with with Chucky e. Chicken, we recently kind of got rid of our uh, deadlines mm -hmm. in a way with the, with this latest cartoon that we're working on because we know that people are trying to get out of holiday mode. Although they should probably be out of holly. Well, uh, uh, not just that. Mode. I mean, we're dealing with COVID. We're dealing with uh, uh, mental illness. I'm one of the people with mental issues. Right. Uh, I'm mental, straight up mental. Uh, we're, we're dealing with people need to like earn money, right? Like they've, yeah. so, and, and that's just three things right there that happen yeah, to be big. Yeah. So yeah, I'm probably going to do Uber after this, uh, <laughs> in the snow, <laughs> probably going out and be careful, and man. The There's no Chucky chicken yeah. without you. So just be well, careful. No, 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 no. I'm glad you said that. I am very glad you said that because I, I need to get this show to a point where there could be a Chucky e. Chicken without me. Yeah, but right I... now we're not there. So, <laughs> I'm t so right now there's a snowstorm outside your window. Yeah. Okay, you're like Michael. Do not die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we cannot do this without you. Please do not die. So you are Chucky. You are his voice. Do not go. That's anywhere. right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, my brother sounds like me. Yeah. You can just get him to do it. <laughs> so, to by the way, I, I did want to shout this out. Yeah. It is we are filming this on January 25th of 2021. It is my niece, both of my nieces, Emma and Rachel's second birthday. Okay, so they're for today. sure not going to watch this or care, but yeah, I mean, they could watch this like in the future when they're 20, and no, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or they when they're five or six, and they can, you know, they can yeah. say, "Oh, Uncle Michael thought about us. That's super yeah, cool." I'm like, sure "Yeah, I think happen, about you, you yeah. little, you know, little chickens. Yeah. I love it. That's what I call them. You know, yeah. they're the little chickens. Yeah. So they're totally not um, gonna care. But um, anyway, yeah, little. I had to. I had to. I just well, hey, to it's those uh, little little toddlers out there who become the consuming audience of all of our wild, wacky ideas. That's true. You know, so um, that is true. So, yeah, doing it for them, doing it for them. Yeah, not for the gram. No for them, not for the yeah. gram. Exactly. Oh, I hate that saying. You know, gotta do it I for the gram, bro. Yeah. Oh, the gram. Oh, the gram. The gram used to be do it for the vine. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Um, Go for the Brian, bro! <laughs> no, there's only one fine worth watching, and that was Bat Dad. I loved Bat yeah. Dad! The only one worth watching. Brenda! So, oh, so good. So funny. Um, okay, so uh, do you have any updates? We do have updates today. All right, actually. let's go for it. You do yours, and then I'll do my chicken mecha turtle stuff, and onward okay. we go. Sweetness. So let me just go ahead and uh, get some stuff here. Hang on. I don't. Okay, there we go. Uh, not a whole lot in the way of updates. However, I do want to show this off because I'm just so proud of how well this came about. Um, one of our leading artists. Um, our our background artists. Um, uh, oh my goodness, uh, Gabrielle Presto. I don't know if you can see it or not. Yes. So she went ahead and did this amazing backdrop for Chucky's living room. Living room. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. I love it. Yeah. I think that this is absolutely spectacular. I cannot wait to put Chucky in his chair. I cannot wait to have the fire roaring. Um, she, what I really love, and I, I feel bad because I really wanted to have, um, you know, official like pictures in there. But I love what she did here because in a way it kind of looks like the old school Chucky chicken when he was black and white, especially this one right here. Mm -hmm. This is like classic Chelsea. I love that so much. So I'm just like, okay. But I did notice something. Mm -hmm. There's this... I'm going to zoom in if I can here. There's this cute little chicken guy <laughs> right here. I don't know who that is. And then if you look over here on the cards, he appears again. I love it. So I got to ask Gabrielle who this little guy is because <laughs> I just... I, I'm very... Very uh, intrigued. You know by what? Him, this is she's trying to Roger Rabbit you. Uh, th <laughs> this is what the animators were so famous for on Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, there, there were a few that were mandated by the director gags that were Easter eggs that, that had to be put in, like Bugs Bunny giving the finger to Mickey. Uh, or, or actually, it was supposed to be Mickey giving the finger to Bugs Bunny, but the animator mi yes. misunderstood the uh, instructions and did it the other way around. Um, and by the way, yeah. By the way, real quick, I did watch your interview with Gary Wolf, yeah, the the writer of Roger Rabbit, yeah. and I heard that story on that that podcast, and it was so funny because his birthday was yesterday, I believe, the twenty fourth, right? Right, and. He put out this really Actually, cool post. I'm just about agreeing how, with you. I don't know that to be a fact. But how dare you not but, know that? But anyway. Okay. Listen, I have a hard um, enough time remembering my kids' birthdays, okay? I know. We've been over yes. this. Okay. okay, moving on. Uh, yeah. But it was funny because Mickey's Toontown at Disneyland opened on his birthday in 1993. That's pretty cool. How cool is what that? What a great that way Toontown to spend your birthday, right? In the place that you built, yeah. Toontown. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. You know, what better day is there for Toontown to open than the day that its creator was born? Yeah. And I and I wrote a post on that, and I did wish him a happy birthday. He did say thank you. We are friends on Facebook. Yeah. Very great guy. Um, I Very inspiring. So mm. um, 
I love the. Uh, no, I love it. I there is one gag that I'm hoping that we can still put in there, and I think we can. We need a rubber ducky in one of the scenes. Right. We need to put a little rubber ducky in in here somewhere. Not maybe maybe not in this scene. Maybe we can put it like a little snowman of a rubber ducky or something. But I just love this. Mm-hmm. I she did the thing with the barn. Yeah. That I was hoping would be done, and you said no. Don't worry about it. Boom! Look at her. Yeah. She did it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of red. There's a lot of red. There, though, I there is, that. but I mean, it's uh, you're not going to see a lot of it, and I'm going to play <laughs> with the color uh, as well in compositing. I'll probably add a shadow layer to uh, an overall blanket uh, vignette shadow layer to to it. To, okay. You know, and so there 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 are things I can do in post that are going to be uh, adding. To it as well right so but i i tell you i i love this so much yeah. i mean i it's just so cool to see how well they can i mean it's it's night and day compared to what we got a couple months ago to this yeah. and i'm just like okay she was there she saw the the havoc that we went through and she's like i do not want to put that through my you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't want to put anyone through that again yeah she nailed it, man. She, she did, did a fantastic job. I'm excited to see what she's going to do next. Um, are we? Am I still sharing? Or nope. nope. Okay. Um, I also did this. Um, I want to see if I can find it here. Uh, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Where is it? I know I. So, um, at our story meeting, mm-hmm. as you know, as you were there, well, we had a conversation about. Um, the different types of characters and like different ideas for new characters that we were going to have in the show. A um, few ideas. And one of them turned out to be uh, an idea for a a macho chicken. There's that. Okay. I was looking for that earlier. That's fine. Um, where the heck is it? Yeah, we were uh, we were saying there should be this chicken alpha character who's a master of right. everything. And it's sort of like Chucky's nemesis. Right. So kind of like the Mortimer to his Mickey. Right, right. So so there's our uh our macho rooster. I was given um I was given a note from Jana to put pants on him, mm-hmm. but none of the birds in Chucky Chicken wear pants. Mm. So you know. Um I like and then Zach was like, but that face and that pose just warrant no pants like it's just the perfect <laughs> it is the perfect macho man uh kind of character there i dig him yeah i think he's fun i don't know um i don't have a name i'm thinking like maybe raleigh rooster or roland rooster or rock the rooster or rooster rock um you know i i don't want to call him a chicken because he's a rooster yeah yeah you know, chuck rooster but you know, he's got, you but know, he's like a beta rooster, right? Yeah, this Chucky guy's is like full <laughs> alpha. You know? I know. It's sad. Yeah. Poor Chuck. Yes, I am beta, folks. Yeah. Anyway, Chucky's um, the guy that gets friend zoned, right? And yeah. this guy's like the gotta, gotta go on a date with him because he's, he's alpha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. That, that'll be so, fun. 
Yeah, so that I'm debating whether or not we should, like, I'm, I'm thinking of his voice because we got the character design down now. And there's so many ways you can take this voice. Like, you could give him a Peter War, a Patrick Warburton kind of, hey, Chucky, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Let me just lift this weight here yeah. for you. Or know? if you don't want to be sued, you could go <laughs> down a different road, right? You could also download. Hello, little puny little Chucky boy. <laughs> I want to go out on the date with Chelsea. Well, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, what, or, what if you know, what if part of his gag is he never talks, but he gets all the credit for talking? Like he says nothing ever. Like it's all like he'll flex a pack or just like <laughs> smolder or something. I is it, well, I mean. We could go that way, but he does call himself like the master baker, you know, the master shaker, the master skater, you know, yeah. so we can't really, um, I, I, I would love him to have a voice. I think that that would be just something, I mean, maybe for another character we could do that, like, but I think for him, he needs to have, I mean, even if it's more like a bravado kind of, or even, um, I'm thinking Carlos Alazraki would do this voice perfectly, like, hola, my name is Ricardo. Ricardo Rooster, you know, I am the best at everything. <laughs> um, but uh, no, man, I I love I I love that character. You know, I I really would love. I mean, I, I, that'd be cool if we could get him to do a voice. Um, um, but I was thinking about like the different types of people that I love to work with on this show. Yeah, yeah. And I would love Carlos Alas Rocky, who was. Rocco and Rocco's Modern Life. He was uh, Laszlo and Camp Laszlo. Um, he was the original voice of Spiral the Dragon. Um, he was, um, oh my gosh, he's still working today. If you've seen Planes, he was El Chu, the little plane. Mm -hmm. uh, the Spanish, he, I think he was Wondissima from uh, the Feliot Parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just, uh, he was the Taco Bell dog. Oh, really? Yeah. It was Yogiero Taco Bell. That was him. It's funny you mention so, all these roles, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I remember. And then you're like, Taco Bell dog. I'm like, really? No way. The Taco Bell dog? Well, we got to find him on. My good golly gosh. We've got an A-lister now. But seriously, he, Taco Bell dog's iconic from my, my youth, you know? <laughs> You're so, hungry. Yeah. Very hungry. I mean, it did I mean, turn out to him. be one of the most racist commercials out there. But uh, he's he's he, I I I know he's Latin, so I mean it 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 works out. You know that's the thing. Like if you get people, uh, no 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 no. Wow. No, Pwacprojects really <laughs> at gmail dot com. Let me say that again. Come on. <laughs> You know, apparently the, the whole shtick is like, if you're not the race, don't do the voice, right? I mean, that's that's the, that's the deal. That's the shtick, yeah. Okay. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the right answer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know anymore. I'm just here, you know, yeah. I'm doing my thing. <laughs> I'm just a boy trying to get a girl. <laughs> To fall in love, okay? I don't know. Yeah. Get any more obvious. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, Denzel Crocker in Fairly Odd Parents. Cool. And, uh, well, reach out to him, man. Reach out to him. 
Well, you I never would probably know. have to like. You never know. I would probably need to get Tom's blessing or Tom's help yeah. with that one because yeah. he's a major player. I'd love to work with Carlos. Kevin Michael Richardson is another one I want to work with. Um, he did Skulker in Danny Phantom. He did, uh, um, um, oh my gosh, Cleveland Jr. in the Cleveland show and Family Guy, you know? Yeah. Um, he's just, uh, he's like the perfect Barry Manilow voice. Amazing guy. Um, I'd love to work with Rob Paulson. He's like my hero. Uh, him and, uh, of course, Billy West, Jim Cummings, um, Tara Strong, you know, Trust McNeil, um, Bill Farmer, our, you know, Tony and Selma we talked about last time. Yeah. Uh, just so many people I want to work with. And I, it's funny because I think of these characters that I design and it's like, okay, who would be good for their voices? Yeah. Oh, this could be a great Carlos Alas Rocky character right here. You know, I want to, I want you to know. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I just, I, I think he would be wonderful in it. And uh, yeah. Cool. You never know. You so never know. That's, uh, and if we do get him to voice the character, he will be named Ricardo. Mm-hmm. I I would love to kind of him be like the sort of one decima, where he's like, "Come to me, Chelsea. You know you want me, baby. You know one of those deals." So uh, very yeah. chauvinistic. Very, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the best. Guy, yeah, I know? don't think that's tone deaf at all right now. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe. Wow. Okay. I don't. All right. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Somebody will let us know. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Again, send your emails to PWAC and Gmail. Okay. No, PWAC projects uh, at gmail.com. Podcast was taken. So, (laughs) yeah. And I wasn't going to do PWAC podcast 1693 at, um, no. All right, so here's what I'm going to do my best to talk about, and then I'll just edit the photo in. Uh, right. Okay, so Chicken Mecha Turtle is uh, a property that was uh, created by my two-year-old daughter, really, as we were driving through the Rocky Mountains, and we were trying to think of where to stop for lunch and what did she want when we stopped for lunch. And uh, she yelled from the middle seat in the minivan, she yelled, a chicken macka turtle. And I'm just like, what? What? Like, I've been driving for hours, right? I'm just like, what? And then the giggles came. Because I'm like, what the actual F is a chicken macka turtle? What is that? And uh, we spent, I mean, it became a game after that of trying to figure out what the two-year-old wants. Eventually, we narrowed it down, and she meant chicken fingers and french fries. Uh, I don't know how we figured that out, but we got to that decision. But I was laughing so hard, and I thought about that through the rest of the drive. We drove from B.C., Canada, all the way across Canada to the the New Brunswick uh, coastline. Uh, That was our road trip because we were moving. And during that road trip, I took that little thing, whatever that was, that moment, and turned it into uh, Chicken Mecca Turtle, which is a story about a little girl named Grace um, who becomes orphaned, and she finds out that she's from 
uh, a long line of super genius people who have always been involved in helping uh, the the good guys defeat the bad guys. We're talking CIA kind of uh, secret intel, like Shield and like organizations like that. Her family has always been knee deep in that stuff, and she ends up having to go live with her grandfather, who used to be like the top guy of all this stuff, the top inventor, had the best tech. Uh, but now he's going see now. Like every day is a whole new. He forgot about yesterday doesn't even understand the concept of tomorrow, but today he's going to figure out how to tap into zero-point energy. Uh, so that that's where uh, the grandfather is, and everything he creates just explodes, goes wrong. Um, and eventually Grace ends up using her uh, super intellect to kind of help her grandfather out so her grandfather might fiddle with a little droid robot and walk away, and she'll go behind him and do it the proper way uh, so that it doesn't blow up or try to cut his head off and attack him right. or whatever. Um, so what ends up happening is she's a very emo kid, and in her her uh, her efforts to sort of one day to save her grandfather from his latest catastrophe, she ends up falling off of... Uh, one of his lab towers, the last one he had left, actually, because he blew the other mm -hmm. ones up, too. Um, so she falls. She ends up falling through a garden shed right through the floor into uh, underground caverns that are filled with, like, old 30s and 40s technology, but really high-end stuff for back in the day, right? And tucked right. away in a little cavern is in this like little kid, like nobody wants to play with me anymore kind of pose is this 50 foot robot turtle. And it was in its time, the most top secret, most highly advanced piece of technology the government had to uh, fight off the antagonists of, of the story. And I'll get into that on the next episode of the antagonists and the base on the moon and all that stuff. Um, but the short end of it is the mecha turtle is, uh, can only be controlled by a member of the family, of their lineage. And uh, in her curiosity, Grace goes up and just touches this, this rusty robot. Like, what the heck is this? And she touches it, and that that uh, she imprints on it and begins a whole sequence of uh, like the robot springs to life and recognizes her as a pilot says, uh, you know, uh, so you can imagine the voiceover that would be part of that, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, new pilot detected. Right. And she's a little girl. So right. Like, ah, right. And uh, <laughs> picks up Grace and then opens its mouth wide up. And she's like, oh, my God. And But that's how you enter the robot to get into the pilot seat, right? Right. Uh, so there's there's just all this cool stuff. So th this uh, idea was, you know, kind of meant to be a show in my mind's eye because everything becomes a show to me. Um, but really, a show like this, you need a team of 50 to 100 people to pull it off, and I'm just me. Um, so so then I thought, well, how can I do this in a way that still will get it out there? And I decided to do a comic book. Um, 
so that's what I'm working on now because uh, uh, the Mimsy and Dusty stuff has been put on hiatus. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, until my team is in a better position to be able to dedicate time that for now is unpaid and, you know, it's all volunteer work. So, you know, when right. you're when you're working with a team like that, you, it's as much as I want to keep going, I can't. I can't force people to put their lives in a situation of, you know, higher stress level because you want the project to be fun. Right. Right. So this way uh, I can work on this myself and, um, you know, get the first issue finished. It's about halfway done now painted. And uh, it's about, I think I got about a quarter left of it to pencil and ink. Um, so now what I'm going to do is every episode of uh, Drawn to a Podcast from here on, I will be showing a new painted page. And the uh, pages will be available for download on the Valley Studios uh, Patreon site. Yep. And uh, uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll release individual pages to download or if I should do it all as one PDF. I don't know. Leave a comment below. Let me know. Yeah. Let us know yeah. what you, what you want to see. But I mean, it's, it's all about epicness and it's sort of a, a, in, in terms of style, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, Disney and Voltron and, um, gargoyles kind of mixed together yeah you know what i mean like that's sort of the there's influence those are my top three influences Mm -hmm. and um yeah and it's meant to be epic epic battles um really uh darker writing i not it's not necessarily for a younger audience it would be for for whatever age bracket the new shira is meant for it would be meant right. for that age bracket. And I can't figure Spirit that out. Says I, run away. Yeah. I've watched an episode and I'm like, I don't know what age bracket they're trying to go for here. You know, it's that's another conversation. Yeah. Probably best for next time. But remind me about that yeah. because I I need to get on my soapbox about that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I'm. I'm super excited about uh, Chicken Mecha Turtle. I joked with Brian, of course, because this means that the studio is now working on two projects that are based on a chicken. And he didn't even put that together at the time. And Yeah. <laughs> well, the other project so, I have is Booger Files, and I need a team for that, too. So uh, We all need teams. Yeah. So contribute to the Patreon to help our teams grow. And we're, you know, and that's the other thing too. Like, I think that, um, you know, I, we should probably start. Oh my God. We could do that scene in Remember justice league when, um, or no Batman versus Superman. When Bruce Wayne is at the computer and flash comes out of the computer and says, Bruce, you were right. It's him. Uh," And then disappears again. Do you remember that? You haven't seen the movie. Have you? Uh, we could totally do a crossover like that. Or Chucky Turtle like comes out of some vortex out of her console in the Mecha Turtle, and it's like, what? There, there are other chickens. What? 
and then disappears again or something. She's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you, you mean Chucky Turtle? <laughs> you said it. You're like, yeah, Chucky Turtle could come out. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. Chucky Chicken. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making a Chucky Turtle now. So nah. maybe a Chucky Turtle neck. Hey, it'd be cool if he had a little toy that was my mech turtle. I'd be down for that. That'd be kind of neat. I'm all He's for the crossover, man. I am too. Especially when it's under the same studio umbrella. And, you know, there are other other uh, shows that have done this before. Oh, Pixar does it all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, pull a Pixar, yeah. that's what I say. But my, my property last... has a lot of explosions. People die. Um, uh, <laughs> missiles, uh, lasers. Um, I, I think there's uh, quite a difference between the two. Mine However, is fun and happy-go-lucky. Nobody dies. It's a lot of cartoony humor, you know. Yeah. yeah. However. However, if it does bother you, let me know, honestly. Oh, no, absolutely no, not. No, I'm, I'm being 100% real. If, no, if no, no, this I is an too. actual thing yeah. that bothers you, you no. let me know and I will pivot. Dude, no, it's fine. Okay. I love it. Are you kidding me? I, I, I am down for this. I just want to make that, sure. Yeah. I would love to like have like a Gracie a cameo in Chucky Chicken or even like a turtle that looks like the Mecha Turtle. Like, heck, they could be making a robot and it could be the Mecha Turtle. Like as a prototype or something, you know, oh, that dude. could be fun. That's exciting. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, I'm all, I'm all for that, man. All right, cool. Well, that's, so, uh, that's fun. That's just sounds I'm, like a lot yes. of fun to me. Whoa. Anyway. All right. Uh, I feel like that was, uh, emails. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good podcast, but we talked a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't get any comments on it. So I mean, I I'm very pleased with what, what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I'd love to start like st streaming stuff on Twitch. I think that uh, that would be fun. This is really interesting. How would? Hmm. <laughs> I, I I love how we get you excited at the end of every podcast. Yeah. Every bugger. Every Podcast, you're just like mm, I'm so excited, and then the next day you call me, dude. I'm so depressed. What happened? I know, I know. Listen, that, that's how I go though. I'm, I, I'm on meds. Okay, like there's, it's, it's not easy for me right now. There's a lot happening you, up you, here. You know, you can afford meds. I can't. So yeah. you're well, I got that Canadian uh, health program going on. So. Oh, yeah. wow. I don't get it for free, but, you know, the wife's got coverage, and so, hey, it works out. Um, anyways, um, okay, I, I feel good about that, and you already promoted everything. Uh, our standard list yep. of links will be below. Yep. And, yep. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. And thank you, folks, for watching. Again, if you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, you can you can email us at pwacprojects at gmail.com. Right. Uh, or you can also uh, send a direct email to the studio at vs.valleystudios uh, at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. Let us uh, know what you want to hear. Um, there's obviously so many topics in the animation industry that we like to talk about. And um, while we are continuing to get a clue, it's always good, nice to look back and mm -hmm. um, let us know what you're thinking, what, how we're doing. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. I like it. <laughs> okay. Till next time.
Till next time, folks, you've just been clued in, and now we got a clue out. Oh, we need merch. All right. Ciao.